You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Stolness. Coming up, Eagles training camp is underway. I'll give you a couple of first impressions and first thoughts as uh, the Eagles are back on the field, getting ready for the 2021 season. Some news out of Indianapolis and Carson Wentz that if you are looking for the Eagles to get that third first-round pick, suddenly you're not feeling quite as good about it as you were just uh, a couple of days ago. Um, some some disappointing and, uh, and, and sad and at the same time frustrating news with uh, the Eagles' uh, first-round pick from last season, Jalen Rager, as he comes into camp. We'll get into that kind of stuff. And I've got the most important question Every NFC East team must answer here in 2021, and we'll also run down, I haven't done this yet, maybe you've heard it on another podcast, but the strength of schedule for 2021, how the Eagles' strength of schedule matches up against the rest of their opponents in the NFC East, and if we have a little time, we'll do some over-unders uh, based on uh, some of the latest uh, prop bets uh, coming out of uh, Bet Online. and again, I'm not, a, I'm not a gambler, I'm not a sports betting guy, I just like to look at these numbers to kind of uh, mentally see where I think some of these guys are going to come in this year, so... Uh, we'll do all that coming up uh, coming up here on this edition of Eye on the Enemy, and uh, we'll start things off with uh, a couple of uh, notes from training camp. And again, I hope you're checking out BleedingGreenNation.com every single day because Brandon Lee Gouton is out there, and he is bringing us the good stuff. Uh, this note from the Philadelphia Inquirer, and this was uh, the first thing that jumped out to me this week, and it had to do with Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager failed a conditioning test upon entering training camp this week. Now. That sounds pretty distressing. That sounds that sounds not great, and it's not what you want to hear concerning a guy who was a disappointment last year as a rookie. Um, it it doesn't sound good at all. But there is a there is a personal loss attached to all of this, all of his readiness coming into to training camp uh, this week. That is kind of is factoring into his uh, his failure of the conditioning test. Um, he has not practiced all week. The team has him out with a low, with lower body tightness. But according to the Inquirer, this summer, a close friend of his was murdered. And it's obviously had a profound effect on him. It's affected his ability to get ready for the season. Uh, so this is something that the young man is dealing with. And, of course, team officials and teammates are going to be understanding and sympathetic to all that. Um, no doubt about it, as, as well they should be. And hopefully, hopefully fans can uh, react the same way, too. We, we all want Jalen Rager to be an important part of this team here in 2021. Frankly, if this offense and if Jalen Hurts is going to be is going to be good this year, they really need Jalen Rager to be an important part of the offense. And you want to see him come into training camp and get off to a great start. And obviously this is this is the exact opposite of that. The fact that he's not in football shape, that he's not uh, that he's not ready to 
to participate in training camp with the rest of his teammates. Training camp is a long time. Uh, they're going to be they're going to be getting ready for the season for the next month and a half. So uh, there's plenty of preseason games for him to to get ready for, and there's plenty of time. There's plenty of practice for him to get ready for. But again, this is also a new coaching staff. This is a new offensive system, and. Clearly, they had Jalen Rager in their plans to to do a lot this year, um, trying to put last year's rookie season behind him, in which he finished 13th among rookie wide receivers in receiving yards with 396 and 11th in receptions with 31. I think the idea of moving him to the slot was a a good one for for uh, for his skill set and his ability to um, to to get down the field, uh, and I still think that's the case, but. Obviously, this is uh, the the most important thing is is where Jalen Rager's head is at right now. Obviously, dealing with with a personal loss like this is is tough. And if he needs to if he needs to step away and, and leave the team for a while in order to deal with this kind of stuff, I would imagine that the Eagles would be understanding and and would allow that to happen. And that that might end up being something that happens. I have no idea. Does just rampant speculation from an outsider here talking, but um, hopefully this is something that Rager will be able to get past and uh, he'll be able to um, find some solace in being with his teammates and, and getting ready for the 2021 season. And uh, we'll see a, a, a sophomore surge from Jalen Rager here this season. Um, what probably the, the, the second biggest piece, and this may be the big, the biggest piece of training camp news concerning the Eagles. And it has nothing to do with the Philadelphia Eagles themselves. This has to do with Carson Wentz out in Indianapolis, because it was revealed on Friday that Carson Wentz is going to be out indefinitely because of a foot injury. Now, nobody really knows the severity of it yet. He's getting some x-rays taken and he's going to have some other, some other pictures taken of uh, what's going on inside there uh, in order to see what's going on. But, um, it doesn't sound from Mike Garofolo as if we should be panicking just yet. He tweeted that he's still not sensing major alarms there. Just further evaluation so that the Colts know what they're dealing with and how to treat it. Mike says the 70% playtime threshold is still well within reach. So, you know, Ian Rappaport notes that um, they're going on uh, that the Colts are uh, waiting on a firm diagnosis before proceeding with him. Uh, there is still plenty of time for Wentz to be ready to play in Week One, uh, but obviously this this has big ramifications for the Eagles because that 2022 conditional second round pick becomes a first round pick. If Carson Wentz plays 75% of the Colts snaps this year or 70% of the snaps and the Colts make the postseason. So obviously missing a few games will eat into that number quite a bit. So he can miss a game or two probably and still hit that 75% number. That 70% number can miss two or three games. But Carson Wentz's history has been that he does miss some time from from time to time. I know we bristled at that notion that he's an injury-prone quarterback throughout his career. And and typically, I I would agree with that. I don't think he was necessarily injury-prone. But now, you know, this is... He's been in training camp for two days, and he's already nursing already nursing a foot injury. So that's just... That's certainly not something the Colts wanted to see. And it's... I know there might be some of you Eagles fans listening that is angry at Carson Wentz. I'm sure kind of angry at Carson Wentz. I hate the way he acted last year. I hate the way he played last year. But more more than that, I hate the way he talked himself out of town, that when the going got tough, he didn't want any part of it and wanted to go someplace else and forced his way out of town. And 
I kind of don't want him to be successful at this point. And of course, the Eagles did him no favors either, so it's not all on Carson Wentz. But there, there is a a mean side to me. There's a there there's a part of me that doesn't want Carson Wentz to experience success in Indianapolis. But if you want this Eagles team to be in the best position possible moving forward, you obviously want Carson Wentz to be healthy. You obviously want him to make every start this year. You obviously want him to get over that 75% threshold because then you get a third first-round pick next year, and then the Eagles can decide is if Jalen Rager, I mean, if Jalen Hurts hasn't impressed them enough this season, whether you're going to go use those three first-round picks to move up to wherever you want in the NFL draft and draft your franchise quarterback, or you use a couple of those picks to go out and get Aaron Rodgers. Because why not? Aaron Rodgers is, in, is probably not going to be in Green Bay next year. The Eagles could certainly go in that direction. But Carson Wentz has to play. And so his injury situation certainly is a factor. The other piece of Carson Wentz news that came down this week was he was asked whether he'd gotten the COVID-19 vaccine. And I think unsurprisingly, Carson Wentz did respond by saying that's a private matter or something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing him. That's that's a private decision. Well, it's kind of not because if Carson Wentz does happen to become infected with COVID-19, even if his he's asymptomatic, he's going to miss time. And that's the danger. Anything that's gonna it's gonna that's gonna cause Carson miss Carson Wentz to miss time. You want nobody wants to see Carson Wentz get sick, obviously. So that human part of it plays into this. But any any time Carson Wentz misses, whether it's to injury, whether it's to you know getting the Peruvian flu, or whether it's getting COVID nineteen, whatever it might happen to be, that's of concern to the Eagles. That's of concern to Eagles fans. So it's an appropriate question to, to be asked. And it's not a private matter because, I mean, he doesn't have to tell us. So in that way, it is a private matter. And there's we have no right to pry. But whenever you answer it's a private decision, generally speaking, and not all the, not all the time. So maybe Carson Wentz got double tapped and he's, he's good to go. But generally speaking, when someone answers that question with that response, they have not gotten the vaccine. And, you know, you're 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 looking at a situation where he might miss some games and then it is very much the Eagles concern whether or not he got the vaccine. So a couple of bits of Carson Wentz news uh, from Indianapolis um, that uh, does affect Eagles fans, and we'll see how it all shakes out here over the next little while. So talking about training camp, obviously every team in the NFC East now has begun training camp, and trying to look at what the most important question for every NFC East team is this heading into 2021. Let's start off in the nation's capital with the Washington football team. To me, the most important question for the Washington football team, is Ryan Fitzpatrick good enough to lead this team to a second straight NFC East crown? Because they've got the defense, right? I think we all agree that the Washington defense is among the five best in the NFL, certainly among the 10 best in the NFL. It is the strength of that team. They are a good defense, a very, very good defense. And they went out and they got a bunch of players to... Help help uh, Fitzpatrick move the ball down the field. I think Antonio Gibson's going to be much better here in his second season. They went out and they got Curtis Samuel. Uh, they have Terry McLaurin already there. Um, they they've got you know they've they've got a bunch of good skill players there, and the offensive line should be a little bit better. So 
Really, this is all about whether or not Ryan Fitzpatrick can play well enough and consistently enough over a 16-game season to make Washington a true playoff contender. I mean, they won the division last year with a losing record, so let's not, let's not sit here and say that Washington is a juggernaut necessarily. But most folks believe that Washington, amongst NFL teams this year, probably had one of the three or five best offseasons. So they improved their team more than most other teams did this offseason. And Ron Rivera can coach. Ron Rivera is a good, is a good head football coach. So this team is, is positioned to do well in 2021. The one thing they don't have is a franchise quarterback. It's still the biggest question mark on that roster. And so they went out and got Ryan Fitzpatrick because when Fitzpatrick does get hot, he can carry a team, but he's never been able to play well and consistently over a 16-game season. And the backup is a guy named Tyler Heineke who played really well in the in the um, the wild card game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year, but you can't rely on him as a as a 16 game starter because of one game. Now he makes a decent backup, so if you need him for a couple of games uh, here and there, that's probably exactly what he should be doing. But this season is going to come down to Ryan Fitzpatrick and whether or not he's good enough to lead Washington to a second straight NFC East crown. The New York Giants, I think it's another quarterback question, right? Is Daniel Jones their guy? Very similar situation. I think the Washington defense is better than New York's defense. I think New York's offense has better skill position players around Daniel Jones and a better offensive line. I think the New York Giants offense could be one of the five or one of the five or seven best offenses in football this year if Daniel Jones is for real. If Daniel Jones shows that he can stop turning the ball over, stop taking sacks, and play like the the first round pick that he was, then the Giants are going to be a really good offensive team and probably a playoff contender. But we haven't seen enough from Daniel Jones over the course of a full season to say whether or not he is their full-time franchise, their franchise quarterback moving forward. And so you could have both of these teams, Washington and New York, just like they did a few seasons ago. Um, when they got to when each team drafted Dwayne Haskins and Daniel Jones, and they thought they got their franchise quarterbacks, then the Giants are still trying to figure out. The Washington already realized that Haskins was not their guy. The Giants are still are giving Daniel Jones, I think, one more season to show that he can be the franchise quarterback. And if he if he can be, then the Giants are going to go a long ways this year. Uh, but for me, the jury is out, and I'm not. I don't think Daniel Jones is their franchise quarterback. But we will see. We will see. For the Dallas Cowboys, their main question revolves around their defense, and that is, can the new defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, turn things around there? The They've got a couple interesting pieces. Micah Parsons, their first-round pick, looks like he's going to be a pretty good linebacker, but they still got some holes. Uh, they they still have a weak secondary. Um, you know, The defensive line could be okay, but Dan Quinn's a really good defensive coordinator. And a, we've seen a good defensive coordinator can can take talent that may may not be quite as good and coach him up. And so the question is, can the Dallas Cowboys, can Dan Quinn do that? Because the Cowboys offense with Dak Prescott returning should be what we thought they were going to be last year, which is one of the elite offenses in the NFL. But it is all going to come down to whether or not Dan Quinn's unit can stop people. And they did not do much this offseason. The Cowboys did not do much to add to a defensive team that was the worst in the NFL last year. Really, I mean, the Dallas Cowboys 
really just did not do much of anything this offseason to improve other than drafting Micah Parsons and adding some other pieces in the draft. So Dan Quinn has a lot of work to do ahead of him, and that is their biggest question as we uh, as they get uh, training camp underway. And of course, for the Philadelphia Eagles, it's another quarterback question. Jalen Hurts. He has, I've said it numerous times on the podcast, so I won't belabor the point, but he has one year to prove he's a franchise quarterback. One year. If he doesn't do it this year, he's going to be relegated to being the backup, which is why Howie Roseman drafted him in the first place. But we've gone over that a million times. You don't need me. You don't need to hear me talk about that again. But Jalen Hurts has one season, just this season, to prove he can be the franchise quarterback. Otherwise, the Eagles are going to use those first-round draft picks, whether it's two of them or three of them, to go out and get their franchise quarterback. We'll step away, take a quick break. When we come back, I want to look at the strength of schedule for 2021 and um, where the Eagles rank uh, among the NFC East teams. And then we'll do some over-unders for some Eagles players as we are in uh, the midst of training camp here in 2021. That's all coming up next here on Eye on the Enemy. And we are back on Eye on the Enemy. So I never I never took a look at the strength of schedule for the 2021 season. And again, before the season starts, and I've said this before, I do not take a lot of stock in strength of schedule stuff because we see it every season. Teams that you think are not going to be any good turn out to be much better than you think. And teams that you think are going to be among the harder on the schedule suffer a catastrophic injury or just don't they're just not able to put it together like the Eagles last year. When, when people saw the Eagles on their roster, they were the defending NFC East champions. No one thought that team was going 4-11-1. So that happens. You, you get those teams that you think are going to be good. They turn out to be bad. Teams that you think are going to be bad, they turn out to be good. But it is interesting to take a look at the strength of schedule for 2021, even though I don't buy it a whole lot. And you look at the teams with the toughest schedules, the Steelers have a five, a combined uh, opponent's winning percentage of 574 from last year, which is the, the the toughest in the NFL. So the Steelers at 574 have the toughest schedule in 2021. The Baltimore Ravens right behind them at 563. The, the Chicago Bears at 550 have the third toughest schedule here in 2021, followed by the Green Bay Packers at 542 and the Minnesota Vikings at 531. So you've got two. AFC North teams and three NFC North teams, all with the with the toughest strength of schedule in the NFL this season. The first NFC East team to appear on this list is the Washington football team, tied for 15th with the Houston Texans. With this, so it's middle of the pack, right? Tied for 15th in um, in strength of schedule, toughness at 504. Their opponents have a combined 504 winning percentage in 2021. And then you got to keep scrolling down the list, and the reason for this is. The NFC East was filled with bad teams last year. So the, the, the Washington football team, the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Eagles are going to play each other a bunch this year, and they were all under 500. So, yeah, it's going to be a, an easy strength of schedule because they're going to be playing each other a lot. But I do, again, like think these teams are going to be a little bit better this year than they were last year. The Giants come into the season with the 25th toughest schedule at with a combined winning percentage of 474 from their opponents. And then the two teams with the easiest strength of schedule this year, the Dallas Cowboys with the second easiest strength of schedule at 452. And then your Philadelphia Eagles. If you're looking for a reason to feel optimistic about the Eagles and you, you believe in strength of schedule, the Eagles have the easiest strength of schedule of any team in the NFL this year with a combined 430 winning percentage 
of their opponents this season. Again, much of that because of NFC East opponents, the Cowboys and the football team and the Giants. But um, I, I think that's I think that's misleading because a couple of the teams that are on their roster that are on their schedule that had losing records last year are projected to be much better. The San Francisco 49ers are one of those teams um, that are, are not going to be bad this year. I, and again, I think the Cowboys will be a, a much better team uh, than they were last year. So th- there's a few teams like that on their schedule where they're under 500. The Chargers are another one. The Chargers have an opportunity, have a chance to be a very good team this year. So some of these teams with, with losing records last year are going to be better. They're just, they're going to be better. And they're going to be those teams where you look and they see you see there were six they were six and ten last year. Oh, okay, that's that's a game the Eagles should at least be in, right? But they probably won't be in those games against the 49ers and the Chargers and maybe not even the Cowboys and, and the Washington football team. Well, we will see. All right, uh, Bet Online had some interesting over under numbers, uh, so let's let's just run these down and, and I'll give you my thoughts on how I think e- each of these players are going to do. Um, and they have Jalen Hurts' total passing yards at 3,700 passing yards. I think that's wildly high. I'm coming under for Jalen Hurts' passing yards, under 3,700 passing yards this year. Total touchdown passes of 21. I'll take the over on that. I just I think uh, Devontae Smith is going to help him with that. But um, And with the two tight ends, I think you know Zach Ertz is still here. He's not happy, but he's still here in Dallas Goddard. Um, I think Jalen Hurts can get over the 21 mark. Um, I have uh, 12 and a half interceptions. I have him over the 12 and a half interceptions. I think we're looking at 14 or 15 interceptions for Jalen Hurts here in 2021. Total rushing yards, 675 and a half. I'm going over on the rushing yards. I think he's going to be more of a threat running the football than passing the football. So I see like a 700, 800 yard rushing yard season for him, provided he starts all 16 games. And then seven rushing touchdowns. I think that's going to be down. I don't think he's going to have seven rushing touchdowns. I'll say like four or five. So I'll take the under on that. Miles Sanders, total rushing yards, 1,000. I'm going to go under 1,000 because Miles Sanders has just had trouble staying healthy in his career. If he plays a 16-game schedule, I think that's an easy over. But Miles Sanders in his two seasons uh, has had trouble staying on the field, and so I think he's probably an 800-900 yard rushing guy. I think I'm going to take the under on Miles Sanders' rushing yards of 1,000. Uh, total rushing and receiving touchdown six and a half. I think he goes over this. I think you see a better year from him catching the football out of the backfield. And I think he's going to get in the end zone quite a bit rushing the football. I, th- I think he's going to have a, a nine or a 10 touchdown season combined. So I'll take the over on Miles Sanders uh, rushing and receiving touchdowns. Devonte Smith, total receiving yards, 775. You know what? Let's let's get wild and take the over. Let's say Devontae Smith has like a 900-yard receiving season. Sounds right to me. And five touchdowns for Devontae Smith. Let's take the over on that too. Why not be bullish? Why not be? Why not feel good about it? Let's say he gets. Let's say he gets seven or eight touchdowns here in 2021. Now Jalen Rager, total receiving yards 675 and a half. With all the news coming out about Jalen Rager this week, this is going to be tough. I would have. I would have said over before now. I'm going to take the under on Jalen Rager right now. It just doesn't feel good right now, does it? And I'll take the under on the four receiving touchdowns. If that's the case, it's going to be a tough... This offense is going to have trouble. Offense is going to have a lot of trouble. If if the, if what I'm feeling in my gut is correct, but that's what I'm feeling in my gut regarding Jalen Rager's numbers, and I, I absolutely hope he proves me wrong. Dallas Goddard, total receiving yards, 725. I'll take the over on that. 
Not by a lot. I think he's going to come in around under 800, but somewhere between 725 and 800 total receiving yards for Dallas Goddard. And receiving touchdowns, five. I've got him over five. I think he'll, I think he'll account for seven or eight touchdowns as well. On the defensive side, two players listed here. Fletcher Cox, total sacks in 2021 at six and a half. Let me take the, boy, six and a half's a good number. I'll take the over for Fletcher Cox, but I'm saying seven, like seven and a half sacks for, for Fletcher Cox. So not by much. I would not, you know, I would not feel good putting anything down on that, on that, on that total, because I think that's right around where Fletch is going to be. And Brandon Graham sacks eight for him. I'll take the under, you know, just another year older. And I think Josh Sweat is going to get a little bit more playing time. Um, so I, th- I feel like uh, Brandon Graham's sack number comes down just a little bit here in 2021. I'll have him under the eight that uh, Bet Online has for him as far as sacks here in 2021. All right, folks, listen, that's going to do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. Uh, thanks, everybody, for, for tuning in this week. We'll have a guest coming your way uh, next week. Ben Standing from The Athletic is going to talk to us about uh, what we can expect from the Washington football team as they are in what will be the second week of training camp next week. So uh, we'll talk to him about all that. Um, don't want to miss that. And uh, we'll also have the latest uh, news and notes and rumors from Eagles training camp uh, coming up next week on next week's episode as well. So make sure you stay tuned for all of that. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time here on Eye on the Enemy. B-G-N.